You just never know when you're going to die or somebody else in your life can pass away and things change. But you got to be grateful for the time that we have to be able to be the best versions of, our, versions of ourselves, to be able to empower ourselves and those around us. You need to find a way to be the best that you can and do more to be more, to think better, and to strive to be the hero in your own story. So welcome to Epilepsy Hell, to Epilepsy Well. This is your host, Alma Wayne Myers, reminding you to do more than the doctor tells you and take care of yourself like you matter. Right, yeah. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Good morning. Um, I hope you're all having a wonderful day. Uh, If you didn't catch it, you know, the guy helped take care of passed away, but um, just got to make sure everything's all right. Um, and moving forward, because you know, it is what it is. Life doesn't wait for anyone. So this is why I'm so pertinent about taking care of yourself like you matter, because, you know, you, you have to be the one that's in charge of you. You have to be the one that's that realizes like you've you know, you're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to learn from what's going on because this is life. This is what we do is we fall down, we get up, you fall down 99 times, you get up a hundred, you know, and you appreciate the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, you know, that's just, you know, the way that we get through it. So, I mean, I appreciate the opportunity to help this amazing man out and, you know, I'm looking forward to continuing that with being able to help everyone else you know, also figure out what life means to them. I can't tell you what life means to you. And, you know, you can't tell me what life means to me either. We, we have to decide this for ourselves. Um, I've watched people give up at young ages. You know, people uh, suicide, kill themselves. There's another girl I'm worried about right now who's dealing with some stuff that she was, last I heard from her, she was, you know, feeling suicidal. She was in the hospital trying to get her seizures under control and they basically fed her twice the week that one week mm-hmm. they wouldn't put the arm rails up on the side so she's like having seizures falling out of bed like um her her mom and dad are telling her to kill herself so she can get they can get the insurance money and then the nurses are telling her that she should kill herself too and we're just talking about you know a freaking hospital in Miami like here in you know the United States like this is how horrible you know, healthcare can be. And uh, that's why I tell everybody that they need to take care of themselves because you have assholes like that that are somehow like responsible for the health of other people when they're clearly like sick in the head. So that's rough, like not having support that you need and stuff. So um, I don't know. I shut down Facebook. I'm not looking at comments right now. So if you guys are on here live right now with me, cool. Appreciate it. Thanks. Awesome. If you're watching the recording, you know, um, I appreciate it as well. Um, just drop your comments and we'll get back to you. I didn't notice any comments from yesterday. So um, yesterday pretty much was just saying, hey, I needed to download the Epsi app so that you guys can kind of start to manage what's going on with yourself and see what's going on. Cause you know, it's hard to remember one day from the next, if you had a good day, a bad day. And then we're talking about a month later, how are you can remember a month ago. It's, it's just hard. It's hard for people that don't have epilepsy to remember what they did a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
If you guys don't know, this is Danny Cohen. He's uh, joining us today. I invited him uh, as a special guest to kind of help talk about mindset and maybe give you guys some clarity on how you can be more grateful with uh, epilepsy and your own life. He's got an amazing story about what brought him through the whole process to reach this point. And I'm gonna let him share with you about his story. So I don't wanna interrupt that at all, but he's uh, written a book. You can check out his book. He's currently got a podcast going on. He's got another book coming up. So uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to introducing you all to Danny's process of uh, how to change your mind about stuff. So, all right, Danny, so. How are you doing? I know I just dropped a little bit of emotional, you know, this is my stuff going on, but you know, I mean, it gets intense, but like, like I mean, get intense. Yeah, I'm doing well. I mean, you know, just taking life day by day. And yeah, you know, as we just got on this call and you, you said how you were feeling, you have to be grateful for each and every day because you never know when it'll be your last and you never know when you'll wake up and you'll find your best friend is going to be there last. So you have right. to always cherish those moments. You know, you have to be thankful for that time that you spent with them. You have to be thankful for all the good and bad that, you, you know, that's going on within yourself, you know, so each moment that you have, you have to be grateful for that. Each moment that you had with that person, you have to be grateful for that, whether it be good or bad or in between. And I talk about that all the time because back when my my journey with gratitude began in 2012, I mean, um, I I was a, a very anxious and depressed person for pretty much my whole life. And in 2012, I was going to commit suicide. So just before I live in Manhattan and just before I was going to commit suicide, it was, uh, I was actually going to put myself jump in front of a train into a moving subway train. And just before I did that, I had a lot of things going through my head and, um, something pulled me back. And all I can remember was the train horn. And I remember seeing the conductor's face or the motorman's face, that's what they call them. And I get on the train, I get home, and I have a series of seven seizures at that point. I get on the phone with a friend, and after I get off the phone with her, I have the seven seizures. And I wake up a few hours later. Um, and that was really the beginning of my gratitude journey. I was lucky to even wake up after those seven seizures. I didn't even think, you know, I, I woke up and I, I jolted up after I remember, I don't know how many hours later, but um, all I know was I was on the floor and I didn't feel sick. You know, I, I felt sick and I wasn't quite right. And the next morning I get a knock at my door and it was my dad. He brings me to the doctor and I spent two weeks in the hospital. Um, long story short, they say I was a candidate for the seizure surgery. And 
So, so throughout 2012, 2013, and into 2013, I went on a gratitude journey and a self-exploration journey. And I wanted to love myself again. I wanted to really learn how to see what life was like. And as a person living with epilepsy, and I also have hydrocephalus and cerebral palsy. So with, I'm one of the, the lucky individuals who just have cerebral palsy on the left side. And with hydrocephalus, that's extra water on the brain. So that causes a bunch of other neurological issues that go on. But um, I wanted to see what I was like at that point as a person living with three neurological issues and be happy again. So I went on this self-exploration journey throughout 2012 into 2013. And I started to really love myself again. I started to find what, you know, really being grateful was like about all these different processes and all these different issues that I had. And then in 2013, when I went in for the seizure surgery and they removed a small piece of the temporal lobe, within a week, I had a series of other seizures. So the surgery was unsuccessful. And so at that point, I had to then look back and I had to think I've come this far. And I had to really say, this is gonna be my life now. I'm gonna be, you know, I've gone through all this stuff. And I've been on every medication possible. And now I've had this brain surgery. So where do I go from here? And I started to write and I wrote this promise to myself and it was a promise to be grateful. And I, I promised to be grateful is what it was. And um, in that moment on, it was a healing process for me. I was in the hospital for about two months. So I chose to move forward at that point. You know, I've gone through 2012 into 2013 with that gratitude journey and I've already loved myself in the body that I was in and the brain that I had. And now I now had to really figure it out. So I started to accept where I was. You know, I'm gonna be stuck with this for the rest of my life. So I have to move forward. And as each day went on, I wrote these promises to myself. I promised to be more grateful, to be more accepting, to cherish my family more, you know, to cherish the life that I lived, because as I was just saying to you, you have to be grateful for every moment that you have, because you never know when it's going to end. And be grateful for those family members that we have, because I know that you consider him a family member, and you don't know when they're going to be gone either. Right. You know? So I went on that healing journey for those two months and came out of the hospital. And then, you know, here it is eight years later. And as I started going through the process after I got out of the hospital, I wanted to help others with the process. I wanted to help others, not at that point living with epilepsy, but pretty much everybody I wanted to help who was going through a rough transition. And I started to see how it was helping everybody. You know, the things I was posting, the things that I was saying. And as I was saying that, it was healing me even more. So I did that 
And eventually I published the promises and, and that was in the book. And I published the book and it's keep on keeping on 31 days, 31 promises to bring more love, passion and hope into your life. Um, and it contains those 31 promises along with a journal. But I wanted to get those promises out to everybody because it's so important to make a promise to yourself every day, whether it be to be grateful, whether it be to believe in yourself, whether it be to be happy, you know, set that intention. And the more intentional we are with our lives, the better able we are to move forward. If we don't have an intention and living with epilepsy, our brain's all over the place. So we're, you know, we're pulled in 15 different directions. So we have to, you know, you know, be more intentional about our lives and try and set that intention where we want to be for the day, where we want to be for the moment, because you never know what that moment's going to bring. Yeah. I mean, if we have a seizure, like we can't really, we have to either say, Hey, I'm going to, keep hurting myself more or I'm going to take a second to let myself rest. You can be upset about it. You can just be like, all right, this is just part of the process where we have to accept it. Um, fighting it doesn't really help much at all. So no. the more you resist the process, the more it's just going to get back to you and the more it's going to eat away and it's going to make you feel sick and you know, it's going to make you feel more miserable. And I found that with myself that, if I continuously tell myself that I'm going to be sick, that I'm going to be sick, the more of that you're going to get. You know, there's exactly. Some, you know, and I've heard you say this, and I I think you said something about it yesterday. Where if you continuously tell yourself that you don't what you don't want, you know, Tony Robbins talks about that all the time. You more get more of what you don't want as opposed to the things that you do want. So if you constantly tell yourself that you're going to be sick, you're going to be sick or you want to be, you're unhappy, you're unhappy, you're going to get more of that. So I'm a huge believer in affirmations. I've been saying them for years and I tell everyone to, you know, and affirmations do work. If you say them, if you say them enough, and if you say them, if you at least look at yourself in a mirror and actually truly try to believe it, it does, it's not going to work once. You have to say it every day, you know. It's like a muscle. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But allow yourself to believe in the fact that you want to change because we all have it in us to change. If you don't want to change, you're not going to change. But if you do want to change, you can change. If you say that I can't change, you're not going to change. But if you say I can change, you're more than likely going to change. So that's what now I'm in, in this process where I want to help those with epilepsy change their mindset and change how they look at their disorder and their, you know, the way that they look at. And there's, you know, I know that there are so many different seizure types and we all have our way of looking at how we live, but. I have uh, focal epilepsy, so and my seizure processes have gone in so many different directions in the 41 years that I've had epilepsy, but um, my seizures are all over the place now. I don't have a grand mal, 
but um, it's regardless of the type of seizure I have, I don't let it stop me from, I don't use it as an excuse. And the more I find if I were to use something, I used to use my left side as an excuse all the time. I used to say that I couldn't do something. And the more that I said I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. So I know that from a neurological standpoint, if you tell yourself that you can't do something, it's not going to happen. Right. Now your brain believes it. I mean, once it's in your head and you're stuck right. with these uh, false beliefs of what we can't actually accomplish, we start trying to stack these things on top of each other and it becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger problem. So that's often what people do. We're all, I'm guilty of this one too. It's like, you just, one problem and it's like, oh, well, this is going to get worse and this is going to get worse and just stack all the things that can go wrong. Yeah. And then oftentimes we get stuck there. So we yeah. talk about in the process, I'm, you know, here, Danny and I both study with Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins. And we see some stuff where we're talking about stacking for what can go right. So, I mean, you do want to know like in a little bit of like, yeah, cool. Once you've like got all these things of like, oh, this could be possibly all the problems, but instead of believing them, because these are just our imagination running wild, you know, we're imagining a future outcome that we don't haven't experienced yet. And then if you're focused on just all these things that can go wrong, that's going to be where your future is going to work towards is because like we're saying, that's your intention, but we want to stack four you know, the good in your life, all the things that can go right in this whole process of being grateful, changing your mind, realizing that a lot of these things are just a story that we tell ourselves that we can actually change. We can tell ourselves a different story to get ourselves different results. So that's part of the whole process, I believe, also with the whole doing the journaling part, being able to write down 100%. what your intentions are, being able to look right. back on it and say, hey, look, this is where I'm at. This is where... I want to go, you know, this is how, where I might need to make some changes in the way I talk to myself. Right. Cause that's a huge, huge part because we're responsible for ourselves. So we have to talk to ourselves better. Like you're saying, looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. You are amazing. You are mm -hmm. so strong. I understand this is hard, but you are doing a wonderful job. Right. I highly recommend it. If you have not told yourself that you love yourself <laughs> in a while, like do it. Do it now. You can just do your right. phone and you'll screen right. right back at you. You can see yourself. Like, seriously, right. you should tell yourself that you love yourself mm -hmm. uh, as often as you can. Uh, and you yeah. should love yourself. You should not hate yourself for having epilepsy. It's not a punishment. You're not being blamed. God doesn't suddenly come down and say, thou art the most evilest person in the world. Suffer forward. I mean, right. if you look in the Bible and stuff, you have Job who was like somebody who was supposed to be this great, amazing person that was so righteous and lived a great life and then had everything taken from him over and over and over and his boils and his families and all this stuff happened. And he was still able to maintain like this is just part of the learning process, like bad things happen to good people, just like good things happen to bad people. <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's it's there's no real rhyme or reason. It's really just life happens and how are you going to respond to it yeah i mean it, that's so true the more that we celebrate ourselves the more that we tell ourselves that we love ourselves every day 
regardless of what we're going through. We're giving ourselves permission to, you know, be the person that we want to be instead of, you know, just going backwards into the little hole that we want to, you know, that we're, we're in. Right. But we can get out and then breathe because you're, you're letting that, that weight off of your shoulders. Once you say that I love myself and that I celebrate myself for who I am, you're giving yourself that permission now to be yourself. And nobody's going to, if you're afraid about judgment, if you're afraid about what other people are going to think of you, and that was a huge issue for me, especially growing up. You know, I was bullied as a kid all the time. And, you know, as an adult, that, you know, comes with you when you're an adult as well. You, you're always in the back of your head, especially living with a neurological illness. You're always thinking about judgment. But if you love yourself and if you accept who you are and if you're accepting enough of the life that you have, nobody else's opinion ever matters. And that's what I would tell. I used to go into the schools and teach young kids that all the time about loving themselves first and not, you know, not caring about what the other kids would say about them because their opinion was the only opinion that would matter. It was such an important thing, but you're validating who you are first and the validation piece. You don't need, if you validate who you are, you don't need the validation from anybody else. I think part of that is also comparing yourself to others. Like that's mm -hmm. probably the worst thing that we can ever do is try to compare ourselves to where other people are at in their journey. Right. And, you know, with our own journey, because that is definitely a, a horrible way to destroy your self-confidence and self-esteem. And, well, you know, that leads to a downward spiral right there because that's, you know, we can't let mm -hmm. other people's opinions of like where they think we should be either because uh, that's what I was saying. Hopefully I said this yesterday. You, nobody can tell you how happy you are. Nobody can tell you how sad you are. Nobody can tell you if you have a lot of energy or a little bit of energy. It's nobody can tell you if you're hungry. You know, it's like, really, you have to be able to say, hey, this is what's going on with me. Right. This is my experience. And other people might criticize your experience because they just can't fathom that possibility because it's just not in their realm of experiences and that's often a limitation in their own beliefs as well you know they think that you're faking having a seizure or they think that you're faking your problem or now what do you want now it's your problem it's the same problem i've been dealing with and i'll probably be dealing with this for a while so you want to be on the team or you want to be like on the sidelines because there's a lot of people that just need to be on the sidelines and not part of your team <laughs> yeah we need to be able to discern that and it can't just be about I'm lonely and so I want somebody in my life because that will destroy a lot of our mental health and physical health. And I've seen a lot of spirals. There's, I've seen a lot of people online. They're just like, hey, when do I tell this person that I want to date that I have epilepsy? 
Um, I don't want to scare them away. I was like, well, you really should reverse that concept and say this, I have epilepsy. I want to make sure you're actually worth my time, worth my mental health, that you're not going to come destroy me or, you know, my sanity. You're not going to destroy mm -hmm. my environment. You're not going to take advantage of the fact that there are times that I am vulnerable and I need somebody to just say it's okay or to take a deep breath or at least don't beat me up for it. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And when you said in reference to not comparing yourself to anybody, the only person you're comparing yourself is to who you were yesterday. Right. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. I think a lot of us, whether you have a neurological disability or not, that goes for anybody who is comparing themselves to, you know, that's everyone's always comparing themselves to someone. So if you have epilepsy or if you don't have epilepsy, we're always thinking about who's better than we are. But what's the point of that? That's just you're gonna drive yourself crazy or we Yeah, it's just a way to beat yourself up for yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Justify why, you know, you're in a diral spiral, why people often go start drinking or they turn to drugs or, you know, they turn to these bad relationships where they're actually being abused just because they're looking for that instant self gratification to kind of hmm. numb the pain or just blind themselves to what is actually available. Yeah. Yeah. But the biggest thing with gratitude is it's a daily practice. You know, you have to, it's, you have to do it every day, you know, and what I normally suggest is three things in the morning that you're grateful for. And then three things at night, because when you do the three things in the morning, you're allowing your brain to get charged on what those three things you first found when you first woke up. And that could be the fact that you're alive, the fact that you're breathing, the fact that you open your two greatest gifts in your eyes. And then at night, whatever, you know, whatever those gifts are throughout the day that you could pick three, three of those things. And those also allow you to bring it, you know, bring into the night as well. So bring into your next morning what you could be grateful for throughout that next day. So three things in the morning, three things at night, but you have to do it every day because if you just make it a every so often practice, it's never gonna happen. And the more you tie an emotion to gratitude and you really appreciate those things, then it's really gonna stick for you because the more we really feel the, grat the gratification of what we're grateful for, and really just feel the emotion behind it, then it's really gonna stick with you. So think about something that really makes you grateful. And the fact that you're alive is one. The fact that you know you have a brain that is working, you know, living with epilepsy, you know, we're, we're constantly thinking about, oh my God, I have a seizure disorder and you know, that it's not working. Or it's overworking but in truth it's working really? so be grateful for the brain that you have 
and just really feel that, that you have this brain that's allowing you to think and to speak and to move your body and to, you know, do all the things that you wouldn't be able to do if you didn't have a brain. You know, so if you allow yeah, that- We all be in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> I political joke, but still a oldie but goodie. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you allow that to happen, you'll even better be able to feel those emotions and feel that gratitude. And when we're grateful, you start to release endorphins and endorphins are those feel good chemicals are the pain relieving chemicals. And a lot it's of actually hard to be angry. It's hard to be depressed. It's hard to be sad. It's hard to have these time. negative emotions Correct. when you have gratitude and when you're able right. to hold it into your heart. So this is why it's really important to Correct. be grateful for things or to find something to be grateful about even when you feel horrible when you feel worthless when you feel like you've been hit by a truck after a seizure and you just hurt and you don't know what to do about it you can't think straight you got brain fog you got confusion you got people that just they're not sure what to do for you you know and it's understandable if you don't know what to do for you how can you explain to them what to do for you. So this is really a part of self-discovery and self-understanding is understanding what makes your life worthwhile. Mm -hmm. What that future we were talking about yesterday, a compelling future where you want to know a year from now, like where you want to be, you know, where, where do you see your life? Do you want to be uh, living the same yesterday that you had, or would you like it to be something greater? Um, Gratitude, again, journaling is something that we've talked about in a lot of our classes. A lot of our mentors talk about this. Dean Graziosi, every time he's talking about his Better Life journal. Right. So I've got a couple of these, you know, um, put notes in here all the time. There were, journaling is really awesome. I actually have a bunch of different journals. Here's one from Funnel Hacking Live. Um, journaling is really, really, really good for you. It's good to take notes, good to be able to look back on what you've been saying, what you've been yeah. thinking, and just seeing the progress. You know, that's why I was saying the Epsi app is something that you can do when you're trying to monitor, like, did I have a seizure? How do I feel? Did I eat? And it helps people when they're, you know, have medication and stuff to be able to remember you have medica meditation, medication to take. For me, I don't have medication. I have food. So my medication reminders are literally it's breakfast time, it's lunch time, and it's dinner time. Those are kind of my reminders to make sure that I'm on track with my medication because I use food, you know, and my mental health, gratitude, you know, these things, it's all self-care. So right. eating better, sleeping better, these things all feel so much better when I'm grateful for what's going on instead of being upset about why am I not good enough to have for more people in my life you know i used to have a lot of lot more people in my life and this whole process has shown me um that not all of them were the best people to have in my life and that it uh is not my fault <laughs> you know people are going to be who they're going to be it's my fault whether i allow them to be in my life or whether i decide to 
um, find better people to hang out with, better people to talk to, better, better, better things to be grateful for, you know. Um, you know, Tony Robbins has this exercise where he's talking about um, you think of a moment that mm -hmm. you're really happy of, really proud of, something that you can you remember that's extreme experience because oftentimes memories are tied to extreme emotions. So we can yeah. have these emotions and we can remember these awesome experiences we had. And we just think of one, you know, and we close our eyes and, you know, we put your hands over our heart yeah. and we start thinking about what it is that we're grateful for and remember what it felt like. Remember being there, who was there, what it looked like, you know, just recreating this because our brain is that powerful. Like this, recreates experience in your brain and this is neuroscience this is how we rewire our brain into right. gratitude like this isn't just some foo-foo stuff that i pulled out of you know bunny foo-foo didn't come along and hit me over the head and the magic fairy didn't put it there no it's all about you know this is neuroscience this is how the brain works this is how everyone's brain works everybody's brain is in fight or flight on some level where we're trying to be watching out for what the dangers are. And sometimes if there isn't really a danger there, we start inventing them because I don't know, I don't have a leopard in the backyard trying to eat me. You probably don't either. But I mean, I know there's some people in Africa that deal with that, but I mean, most of us, you know, don't have to worry about the bears and the panthers and stuff like that. I mean, you live in certain spots, you protect yourself from bears, you get yourself bear mace. It's like, Things that we do to protect yourself because you got to understand what the dangers are. And if you don't understand what you're going through, you don't understand yourself, if you haven't been paying attention, now's the time. <laughs> it's time to start paying attention. It's time to start saying, hey, look, what can I be thankful for? I Did I eat today? Uh, did I did I wake up? Did uh, do I, you know, I might not have, you know, a million dollars in the bank. You know, I might not, you know, be able to drive anymore. You know, I might not like, but I still have feet that can I walk on? Or you can catch an Uber or a Lyft. Nobody really taught me how to use that one. I did the horrible thing of just driving anyways. I don't recommend that. Learn Lyft or Uber or something if you can. <laughs> but, you know, going for a walk is another great thing. Movement, we talk about you, it really helps if you can add movement and work through your experiences to be able to find a little more happiness, a little more gratitude and changing through neuroscience, releasing these endorphins, these dopamines and things into our, our brain and body chemistry so that we can be more appreciative and enjoy our experiences a lot more. So movement and gratitude, you know, going for a walk, getting out in nature is another way to, embrace gratitude because i talk a lot about doing gratitude walks where you just get out instead of you know writing down those three things that you're grateful for when you do a gratitude walk and you really don't just rush on your walk and you know just move about and not look at, at anything and you're too much in your head but when you're actually walking and actually notice everything that is around you when you're walking and really be thankful for, you know, especially if you live in some place with a lot of trees and there's nature, be thankful for that. You know, I live in Manhattan, so when I'm walking around, it's a bit difficult to be grateful for all the crap that's around me, but I make an effort. When I go out for my walk, 
I'm grateful for the fact that I live in a city that is full of, you know, craziness <laughs> and, you know, buildings and, you know, all this, this stuff that it's filled with. But when I take a walk, I don't mindlessly take a walk. I mindfully take a walk. So when you do a gratitude walk, you mindfully take that walk and you really notice those things that are surrounding you. And you connect with those things. So it's, it's important to do, you know, not just the gratitude writing where you're writing down those three to five things, but when you're out and you're walking and doing that gratitude walk, because then it really connects you with that emotion, that feeling as well, because you're allowing yourself to notice the things that are surrounding you. And then you're seeing it, you're feeling it, and you're connecting with it. So and you're reprogramming your brain. Right. Like, again, this is just, the more you do this, the more you start to be able to do this easier, the more it just becomes like who you are. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's something that I, I talk about a lot doing the, the mindful walking as opposed, as opposed to the mindless walking. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and in the book that I'm currently writing, it's, it's actually a second edition to the promises. So it contains more promises, but it also contains exercises as well. Um, it contains an area for affirmations. It's also going to have another longer journal. This book does have a journal in it, but the other, this book, um, my current book will have a longer journal in it with journal prompts. So um, the different exercises that I'll include in this particular book will have the mindful walking exercise in there as well. So it's something that's very important to really connect yourself with the outside world and and feel that emotion behind the gratitude. Yeah, I think it's really important to get out of the house, the apartment, the car, the tent, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're like staying yeah. in. Um, yeah. When I was in a homeless shelter, um, back when I got out of LA back in 2017, um, mm -hmm. I, I left and I went to the park every morning. That was like my mm -hmm. deal. I'd get my cup of coffee and you know go walk down to the park. I do some Tai Chi, do some meditation just to kind of like appreciate. And I'm in the ghetto. I mean, they're telling me I'm supposed to have a gun because like I'm in this super dangerous area. <laughs> and I'm like just chilling, go walking and just being appreciative. I'm not all thinking about Man, somebody might mug me or shoot me or something mm -hmm. or whatever. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go do my thing. I'm going right. to appreciate the fact that I have that opportunity, that I'm not trapped somewhere that I can actually leave from where I'm at, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't have any, anybody really to protect me or keep me safe from what was going on. So right. I could have just as easily been scared of all these things that could go wrong as opposed to being like, look, if I do this, I know this will make me feel better on the inside and out. And I mean, not everybody knows how to do Tai Chi yet. No, I hope to be able to change that in the future. I'm uh, probably going to start off with some Qigong exercises because these are a whole lot easier to learn. And then I'll have to teach some Tai Chi basics. But for the most part, yeah, it is a great way to change your mind. It's a great way to be grateful for stuff that feel good. Just taking a nice deep breath 
you know, moving through the problems. When I was a kid, like I got a pretty abusive family and, you know, whenever there'd be problems and stuff, like one of the best things that I could do to feel good was to go for a walk. I did a lot of walking as a child just to like go from being angry and frustrated and not knowing what to do. And you're supposed to be protected from these people. You know, parents are supposed to be protecting you. They're not supposed to be the problem. So, I mean, I learned that, you know, you really have to not let other people's problems override, you know, your process of being the best version of yourself. And I was great. I had, you know, the opportunity to get away and do stuff when I could, you know, it was nice. Um, I had a nice life. I can say I had rough childhood and parents and stuff, but I still made the best of it. I still, we had a great time with our friends. We didn't sit there like complaining about what horrible parents we all had because we we knew we had, you know, some problems and stuff. And that didn't make life funner when you're focusing on your problems. You know, I'm grateful for having been able to overcome these things. You know, I think everybody should be able to say, hey, look, you know, life isn't always cakewalk. It's not always sunshines and roses. I mean, roses come with thorns and they come from poop. Roses grow best when there's poop. You know, you want a fertilizer. That's fertilizers like chicken poop or cow poop or all kinds of different stuff. But ultimately, like, you know, they talk about the lotus. The lotus flower is very commonly used in uh, Asian Taoist philosophy stuff. And they talk about how this beautiful flower comes from this dirty mud. You know, it's like you're going to go tromping through this and you're going to have mud all over the place. But like this beautiful flower, it grows in this spot. It comes from the dirt, from the mud, from something that is impure looking that doesn't, you know, wouldn't be something you'd want to drink and fill yourself with. Weeds. You see weeds popping up in concrete. These are like little survivor plants. These things are just, they come from something that it should be difficult and struggling and they are able to still be like, look how beautiful I am. I got a flower and I'm coming up to the sun. And, you know, we're all on that kind of level where we do need to be able to go outside, get a little bit of sun if, you know, vitamin D absorbs through the skin, actually makes you feel better. I know there's been plenty of times, as long as I haven't been freezing, like the sun, it just feels really good to get outside. So. I highly recommend everybody get out of your apartment, get out of your house, yeah. do what you can to do, go for a walk and just be grateful of the fact that there's pavement there. <laughs> and if you go to the park or you go like uh, hiking somewhere, I mean, be grateful there's a path. Somebody put a path there for you. You know, like you could be chomping through some wild jungle and get eaten by a giant boa constrictor or, you know, have a, like I said, a, a, a panther or a leopard jump out of the tree and tackle you like you're a gazelle or, you know, I mean, all kinds of stuff could happen. So, but there are people that have laid paths down for us to follow. These are the breadcrumbs, the trails to success that we talk about. Like other people have done it. There's no reason to be like, all right, I got to reinvent the wheel again. I mean, how many times do we really need to invent the fact the wheel goes around and round? I mean, we all know what a wheel does, but we don't need to make it over again. Same thing. We don't have to create paths that we don't understand. We have just have to find people that have experiences that we don't have yet and can say, hey, look, this is what I want. I want success in my life. So this is why Danny and I are here trying to coach and help people understand what they can do with your life. We want you to be able to say, hey, look, 
I want more out of my life. I know I don't have all the questions. I don't have all, you know, I don't have all the answers. I want more out of life though. How do I have a better life? So right. that's why we put together stuff like this amazing book that Danny's been working on, you know, the process he's been working on here for a while and how to be able to share that in a manner where you can learn from it, where you can actually make this a part of your life very simply. I mean, how hard is it to write three things in the morning and three things at night? And it might seem kind of hard at first. You're like, well, what can I really be grateful for? But like Danny said, just being alive is the very first. You know, if you guys remember this morning started off with Glenn passing away. So he's 98. Most people don't live to be an amazing age of 98. Mm -hmm. You know, my sister died my last quarter of college. She, uh, rare cancer of the nerve she was mm, probably not even 30 yet mm. you know but she had an amazing daughter and you know the time she had she made the best of it she had a great life you know, she diagnosed with cancer at the age of seven had her right arm removed because the nerve like got cut off and it would have been useless like she could have just been like a victim the whole time but no, she went out and she lived her life. She got bullied by all the other kids. They called her like one-armed bandit all the time. Like there's just, man, people suck. I got, we all got kind of, we moved around a lot. So there's a lot of bullying going on, but she didn't let that stop her from living her life. And we're all capable of so much more than we, we know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you remember, uh, there's that one guy, uh, have you seen him? I'm not remembering his name right now. I apologize. But he's got one arm. He's uh, I follow him on Instagram. I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, too much going on in my brain. It's hard to remember stuff. But basically, this guy was born with no legs, and he had like a little stub of an arm, and then he's got his one arm. And he's basically got like what it looks like a middle finger, no thumb, and. You know, he could have been like, all right, I'm this disabled kid, you know, whatever, whatever. But he actually decided he wanted to be a wrestler. He had this little nub with the bone that was like right against the skin. And like he couldn't do it because like it was going to bone would break through the skin and he could bleed out and have a problem. So he literally cut off the rest of his arm. Had the surgery, talked to his parents about it. They were all like, OK, cool. You know, we want to support you being the best version of yourself. You know, and he literally cut off the rest of his arm so he could wrestle. And he, be, and he actually won a lot of stuff because he learned this technique that the only way to counterbalance it was to go for the opposite arm. And he didn't have the opposite arm for anybody to counterattack him. So he was literally like beating all these people wrestling with, no, with one arm and no legs. You know, it's people do not even realize what they're capable of unless, you know, they, you, you have to be able to know what you want. You have to see some compelling future that you're willing to go towards. I mean, people, whether you have epilepsy or not, life is hard and not everybody is going to understand it because some people have what looks like a very simple, easy life that has no ups and downs. Um, everybody's life has ups and downs, but you know, the level of challenges are not equally shared. Very true. <laughs> uh, so it's up to you to decide who you want to be, what you want out of it, what epilepsy means to you. I mean, is epilepsy going to be that asshole in your head that just keeps taking the joy from you? Because, I mean, I felt like that for a long time. 
<laughs> or, I mean, is it going to be the guy or a girl or whatever in your head that's saying, hey, look, slow down a little bit. Enjoy this. You're going too fast. Just, just slow down. Pay attention. Enjoy your life. Because life can only be experienced in the now. We cannot experience yesterday again because it already happened. And we can't experience tomorrow because it's not here yet. We can only say, this is who I am. And this is what I'm dealing with and deal with it in a way that is going to benefit yourself. Gratitude is, like we're saying, a great way to change your mindset. I'm saying the first two days here, I just really want to get planted in your head that you, your mind is creating all these realms of hell or heaven. And you can determine through a lot of training, uh, just really, you just got to make up your mind. What, what do you want for yourself? And if you don't know what you want for yourself, it's about time you figure it out because you're just going to keep getting what you don't want until you can figure out what you do want. So mm -hmm. I want for you to be grateful. I want for you to find a way to love yourself and to do more than the doctor tells you and to take care of yourself like you matter. I'm not talking crap about doctors. I'm not talking about crap about none of this stuff. It's all oh, these people are important in our lives. I'm so grateful for the doctors that have been able to help me. But there's a point where they haven't been able to, and it's my responsibility to do what they can't for me. You know, I've had to do all this research about what my epilepsy type is because it's so rare that they don't even know what's going on with me. And I've done a lot of research about it. So I feel very comfortable that people can research themselves and tell the doctor what's going on with them. You can also tell your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your whatever, you know, mother, father, sister, brothers, it's up to you to be able to find a way to make this so you're not scaring them off by telling them what a horrible life you have. You just got to say, hey, look, this is my challenges and this is what I do to live this way. And, you know, I need this from you. If you can provide it, that's awesome. But you can't really expect everybody to bend to your will. I'm going to tell a story real quick. Uh, I was talking to another friend and she was talking about another photosensitive epileptic like me, epilepsy warriors, whatever you want to call us. Uh, she's at a restaurant complaining, trying to get this family kicked out of the restaurant because the kid has on some shoes with some flashing lights on them. So she's literally like this narcissistic person. that's like trying to make everybody else responsible for her epilepsy by really trying to ban and ruin this other family's like attempt to have a good time and just a meal when it's not the family's responsibility to cater to this woman or any of us that have photosensitive epilepsy. We need to be aware of the fact that this is one of our issues and how to protect ourselves in a situation like that. I was at a bar one time. I just wanted to rest. I was at a restaurant getting some food, sitting at the bar, you know, and at the time, I was having really problems with loud noises, high-pitched noises, phone rings and stuff. And I, I, I didn't have to, she didn't have to do it, but I turned to the lady sitting next to me. I was, hey, look, I really don't get out of the house much. Could you just turn the ringer off? I would really, really appreciate that. Um, and she did, but she didn't have to. And if she didn't, it's my not my job to yell at her for not doing what I asked her to. It's my job to go find a new location that caters to my circumstances because they're my circumstances, not hers. Just like your, 
your circumstances are yours. You deal with your circumstances. There's nobody's job to tiptoe around you like you're some Humpty Dumpty that broke itself and all the king's horses and all the king's men don't know what to do. I mean, because that's pretty much what epilepsy hell feels like is the Humpty Dumpty fell down and they're trying to scramble you. Uh, scramble your brains. I don't know if you guys remember the commercial. I saw his commercial as a kid all the time. This is your brain on drugs and they'd fry a bunch of eggs. Um, yes. <laughs> I remember it. Uh, it's also that one of my other favorite commercials is what would you do for a Klondike bar? So I turn that into the what would you do for your epilepsy well? What would you do for a better life? What would you do for a level where you can do more than yesterday? You know, where you can actually start doing activities. I, I couldn't drive for a while. I drive, I flew across the country a couple of weeks ago, you know, no drugs, no nothing to support me, no people there that I knew. It was just like, all right, you have to live in what can go right. And you have to understand, like, when you do have problems, you just got to take a break. You got to realize, like, hey, look, you know, we all have limitations and we just have to figure out what ours are. And the better we can be grateful about it, the better we can have a mindset that, you know, allows us to move forward and have this love for ourselves. And because the, the worst thing you can do is hate yourself for being this way. Hate yourself for having a seizure. Like, it, you can't be mad at yourself for it because it's just what's going on. People have all kinds of health conditions. How many diabetics do you think hate themselves because their blood sugar is not perfect? Uh, but they can have a diabetic seizure, which is why I bring up diabetes. Because seizures happen in all kinds of other uh, conditions, but we're not. it's not considered epilepsy because they know why. They know what it's from. You know, if you come off alcohol, if you're high, you know, if you're an alcoholic and you're drinking a lot of alcohol, you know, if you go to get arrested for DUI or something, they got to give you another beer while you're locked up because you could die and have a seizure from detox. You know, it's important, you know, to understand, like, you got to take care of yourself. Um, and there's a lot of things that you can do to hurt yourself. And you got to decide, what is it? Do you want to just bury yourself in the problems or do you want to find your way to a better life, better people in your life, a better understanding of what you can do for yourself? And sometimes it takes extreme change. It takes leaving a city that you've been in for a decade, jumping in the forest or going to a homeless shelter or going to another country where you don't even speak the language. Like, Or it could just be as simple as leaving your house, going for a walk, and writing a couple of things down every day that you can be grateful for. It doesn't have to be that extreme. You don't have to go crazy unless you like it. But you know, oftentimes you might find yourself in a situation where the people in your life make it really hard for you to be grateful for them. So again, you gotta be able to leave this environment as much as possible, work on yourself. That means you go hang out in the park for most of the day, or you go to the community center or whatever, you find people that can build up this mindset. We talk about communities, we talk about power tribes. You know, for the most part, you want these people that support you in your life, support you through the process to be the best version that you can. Um, we all fall down, but how many times does it take 
to fall down before you just keep getting back up. I mean, if you quit, that's when it's over. I mean, we all be lucky to live to be 98 years old and have an amazing mm -hmm. journey and life like that. But I mean, you never know, you could die at 27, you can die at 35, you can die at 40. I had one of my best friends died on my birthday. Um, the year I actually left LA, it was kind of one of those things. Like I uh, felt like I had to go figure out how to live again. So I hope it doesn't take people falling off around you. I hope it doesn't take losing your friends or your family or any of these things for you to decide that you need to make changes in your life. I, I, I tell you this because I want to empower you to understand just how powerful you are, you know? So, hey, Danny, so what is your podcast? What, where can people listen to you? I know you got one going on. Are you right. playing around so, with that one still? Yeah, yeah. So my podcast, The Promises You Keep podcast, and it can be found on pretty much any of the platforms that you, so it can be found on uh, Apple Podcasts, can be found on um spotify, spotify google there you go yeah. <laughs> all those other ones i'm not up on any of the podcast platforms but i'm up on yeah. the podcast right we actually record on anchor and anchor uh mm -hmm. anchor fm is a great platform and so they put us on other places so yeah you're, it's easy to find our, our podcasts i know i took a break here a little bit so that'll be coming back real soon but definitely check out Danny's podcast. I um, I post a podcast every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Um, so look for, look out for today's podcast. Today's podcast is a continuation of last week's podcast, which was ways of incorporating self-compassion for yourself. And I had included in that podcast uh, the topic of self-talk. And so how we talk to ourselves and we touched a little bit about that Alma is huge. So I talk a little bit more about how we talk to ourselves and how that creates how we live our lives, especially when living with epilepsy, right. because we have two voices. We have a positive voice and a negative voice. So it all comes and down we gotta to feed the right one, feed right. the right voice, right. change our so, stories. Yeah. It all comes down to which voice you feed. And that's today's podcast. So I encourage you to go listen to that. And it's the Promises You Keep podcast. And as Alma said, it's on one of those platforms. It's. Uh, <laughs> yep. Apple you can check podcast, it on Spotify, Spotify, Apple, Google, go. uh, a few more. I don't remember which ones, but uh, yeah, it goes, it publishes out for us and we don't pay attention. At right. some point, I'll figure out how to do more of it so we're on more platforms. But these are pretty much the basic ones. It's really easy. You just put it in the search. If you're not sure. Promises you keep. Or you could put in Danny Cohen. Dan Cohen, is that how you're using it? Uh, Danny Cohen. You're doing Danny Cohen. So you can find it as Danny Cohen as well. Just do a search and you will find it. So add that to your playlist. So once a week, you said Wednesdays at 3 Two, Eastern Tuesdays Standard Time. Tuesdays, Tuesdays at 3. All right, Eastern Standard Time. So, yeah. All right, thank you, Danny. We're gonna close this up here. I gotta go take care of some stuff because yeah. you know life happens. So I was hoping thank to do you, a little bro. bit more today about covering, you know, the brain. Actually, have an app here on the phone. So we will cover this tomorrow. 
So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about the brain, what can go wrong, what you need to be aware of. And so you can discuss, like, you're not sure why seizures are a certain way. I'm going to help you understand why your seizures are a certain way, why your brain works a certain way, how it can affect you very generally, because we can get into it being very, very, very complex, but we're going to keep it simple. And once you understand what's going on, you can feel a little more comfortable about it. I think understanding yourself really helps you be more comfortable with yourself. But when you really, you just don't know and you're looking for all these answers, it's really hard to, to, to know what to do. You know, if you know there's a certain thing that triggers you, then you can stop doing that. But if you're not aware of what your triggers are, how do you manage your triggers? You know, if you're not sure that there's a certain food that's going to give you a seizure and you keep eating this food and you're asking, well, I don't know why I have seizures, but it's because of some food allergy you have. When I have some sensitivities, there are certain foods I can't eat. Chemical stuff is really horrible. We'll talk about a lot of this more uh, in a couple more days when we get into the body part because mind, body, spirit. So we're going to get into more about physical health, which includes how you eat. Um, so right now, it's just how you think about your life. You know, how do you think you want your life to be and what can you be grateful about? So I'd like you all, for the most part, um, start documenting in that app with the FC app, start documenting your day, you know, and on a piece of paper, because it's really important to write it, because this is really, really important. Writing down something versus typing it does a different part of your brain. It, it makes it more deeper, more real, and it processes it. So you wanna have an emotional tie. You wanna be grateful for these things. You wanna hold, hold it in your heart for a little bit. Take a couple deep breaths, you know, and we'll get back to you uh, more tomorrow. Thank you, Danny, for joining us. I really appreciate you. your time. Okay. And uh, yeah, everybody check out Danny's podcast yes. and we'll and see we'll you tomorrow. All right, everybody, thank you. Thanks for tuning in and listening to today's episode, day two of the seven day challenge to take back your control from epilepsy hell. Today's homework assignment is to discover what you can be grateful for. Discover your personal skills, your personal events, all these things that you can turn around. You can find these moments in your life that can bring you joy and bring you out of despair, hatred, confusion, misunderstanding. And the more that you can hold these into your heart and you stack these events, you can empower yourself to do more and to be the hero in your story. And post this to the Facebook group. Join us. Join the Facebook group and we look forward to hearing from you.